Welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. I'm your host, Sandra Patel. And today I'm joined by Harry Panter, CEO and co-founder of Hauser, which is an exciting startup currently disrupting the pop tech market in multi-cities and you are global as well, aren't you? Um, so we're actually recording here today in your lovely Manchester City Centre office. We are indeed. Um, so thanks very much for having us. You're more than welcome. Really enjoyed earlier on today, we um, we saw your, most of your team yeah. um, doing some breath work and uh, taking a bit of a, a dip in the ice baths, we which were, was uh, indeed, yeah. interesting and fun. So how are you today? I'm good, a bit cold after <laughs> the ice bath, but good. We're, we're very busy at the moment, so it's quite, you're on a heightened level of alertness, so everyone's like, oof, but it is, we're, we're good, we're good. Yeah, fantastic, brilliant. So we met initially, well, actually, we didn't meet, we followed, I followed up with you after, so we met yeah. a, three weeks ago, Leeds Digital Festival event. Um, you yeah, were speaking, yeah, you were speaking at the Founders Fuck Ups event, yeah, we um, which yeah. was really interesting. Um, and one of the key reasons why I wanted to um, have you on the podcast is because you talked um, a couple of the key topics, really. You talked a lot about burnout, but you also talked quite a bit about how you've scaled the business, you've yeah. grown the business, gone through various funding rounds. Um, and we haven't, I mean, the whole idea of this podcast is to share insights um, and experiences and challenges with our community. Um, and it's been a while since we've had anyone on to, to really talk authentically and in detail yeah. about those two subjects. So I think before we go into that, it'd be nice to just give everyone a bit of a background on who you yeah. are, yeah, yeah. Um, who you are, where you, how you've got to where you are today. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. I th- yeah, so I didn't realise that was three weeks ago that we first met. That was Mentally, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, my name is Harry. I, I'm, I'm the co-founder and CEO of Hauser. And this is, this is us. This is, this is our little what we call home in here. Um, we, we started off from just a, a dorm room at university, to, so to think we can even have a, a you know an office like this is awesome. Uh, but no, my journey started way before Hauser uh, when I was a lot younger. Um, you know, I, I had a, a couple of companies when I was from 15. Um, it was, the first one was actually a clothing brand, and I was literally ironing on transfers wow. onto clothes. Um, don't get me wrong, I didn't want to be into fashion. Um, that was just a great way to get some initial capital to start. Yeah. A software company that I had an idea for. Um, so I built that and uh, made, made a little bit of money out of that, did okay, and actually then started doing uh, sales and marketing consultancy in form of a media company whilst at university, and that was kind of my cash cow whilst I was living. Because uh, trust me, as most students will realise, you spend an awful lot of money there. Um, and then came to university, met Ben uh, playing cricket at the University of Manchester, um, and Hauser was born really. Um, and right now I'm focusing on that. and. Um, also trying to champion kind of young entrepreneurship and things and, and speak to not just young entrepreneurs but every age and give as much advice as I possibly can and receive as much adv- advice as I possibly can, hence why I was at the speaking at the event a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and you've obviously got, you've obviously had, had at a young age quite an entrepreneurial yeah. um, streak in you. Where does that come from? I think, honestly, I think you get a lot of founders or, or people on podcasts selling this big dream that it came from me. I was, I was, I was in a dream and I was like, honestly, I have no idea. I don't know. Um, you know, I think, you know, my family aren't even in, they are now, so I always say they copied me. Um, but they're not, they're not in business. Um, I don't know. I think I look at things differently. Um, I really want to make a difference in the world and really want to make a change. Um, and I think I just... I can't sit still. I genuinely can't sit still. So sitting here for however long we will be, it's going to be like, ah. Um, 
I understand so I know it's not a great answer, but I don't know where it came from. I think when I was younger, I actually started off my early, early ch like childhood not being the brightest spark in the, t in the box. Mm. Um, you know, I, was, I had a lot of you know, difficulties in, in understanding things as a young, as a young child. Um, and then something, you know, I put a lot of, a lot of people worked with me really hard and supported me to get to where I am today. Um, all the way from when I was a baby, when um, I, actually had, I actually had a stroke on the left side of my body when I was a little baby and got told I'd never walk again. Um, and so from that, it's just been an absolute journey. And I think that internal fight in me maybe just kind of really put, put things into perspective as I was growing up and that support from awesome people around me really kind of led me to be here and then all of a sudden going through the education system something just clicked and ended up getting like A's, A-stars and, and stuff and, and doing really well at A-level in the university. So I don't necessarily know where it's come from but I think the journey I've been on personally there's probably some internal fire in there that, that's got yeah. to where I am today. Fantastic, interesting, that's um, amazing. So you, you've, um, what I'd like to really talk about and, and share with the um, listeners and viewers yeah. is, is um, the fight and the um, the battle that you've gone on in terms of raising funding, yeah, um, which I can imagine, I can yeah. only imagine is really difficult, stressful, particularly whilst running the business and you're in different time zones as well. I remember you saying at the, the event that we were at the other week that, you know, sometimes you, you're still online till kind of early hours in the morning and then yeah. you're up again, um, you know, working on UK um, business as well. So... I understand in March, I think you secured your initial um, funding was about 620,000 yep. and then you've pretty much doubled that more recently. Um, I think it'd be really nice to explain how, like, you know, kind of the journey that you've gone on to, sure, to raise yeah. that funding, how it yeah, works, definitely, definitely. Um, any tips and advice that you can give to others and similar yeah, sure. entrepreneurs. Maybe if I give my journey first, so as in terms of where, what we've done. So... When we first started a friends and family round, and that's not normally friends and actual family. It's usually like um, smaller angels or little bits of cash to get you going. Uh, and we managed to raise £30,000 when we were at university, uh, when we first started. So when I was 18 and Ben was 19, I think. Uh, trust me, we had a bottle of champagne open. Like, oh my God, £30,000. And it is a lot of money. Don't get wrong, it is a lot of money. Um, but then when I look at my burn rate right now, it's like, oh my God, like it's crazy. Yeah, literally, <laughs> literally two weeks that would last now, which is, which is nuts. Um, it's crazy. Um, we raised that at university, uh, but it was obvious that we needed to raise an awful lot more. Um, uh, and, and so we raised the initial round of 600,000 in March, because um, before then we were just kind of bootstrapping and getting us going. Um, and then we raised the past privately, the first time me publicly saying this actually, is we raised another 600,000 over the past kind of couple of months, to be honest. Um, so we've raised 1.2 million to date uh, in total. A little bit more than that, but actual rounds. Um, uh, and that's got to where we are today. And that's our journey in terms of what we've raised. Uh, and then obviously we'll probably speak about later on, we're going to be raising more money as well. And we've already got some money of that secured as well. Um, it's definitely a hard thing. Yeah, I was it's just going to say, how thing. did you raise um, more recently? How did you? Because obviously, yeah. the, the more and more you need to raise, the harder it becomes as well. Definitely, you? definitely. I think it'd be good to talk about what the kind of what the pitfalls, the challenges, the the hurdles that you need to overcome. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think how I did it is a multiple different ways. Um, it takes you out of the business. So you can see here, some of my team are behind us, very busy today and every day nowadays. 
but it takes me, the CEO, completely out of the business function. Um, so first of all, what I had to do was make sure that everything around me didn't collapse when I went out. Um, so I actually brought Hugo on. Um, I don't know if you want to see him walking through here today. So he's my head of operations. So he runs the day to day and is the glue of the business to make sure that I can look at tomorrow and think about sales and investment and things. Because um, it really is almost like an ostrich with your head in the sand uh, when you're raising investment, and you, it's got to be. It's got to be your. It's got to be your world for at least six months, and it always takes three times as long as you think as well. So that was the first step. Not anything to do with investment, but more making sure the business was protected, so that I could go out and really accelerate that round on my own and just smash it. Uh, and because it is just me that does that in the business right now, and, and it's, I really enjoy it as well. Um, and I've had some success in it, so that's I'm focused on that role. Um, and I think in terms of actually going out and getting investment. Since day one, um, I think we spoke about this when I spoke at the event a couple weeks ago, is the best time to form a relationship with somebody is when you don't need them. Um, you know, a lot, of, yeah, a, lot of, a lot of young founders will have a lot of um, inherent desperation to raise cash. You know, you need to fund yourself. And a lot of entrepreneurs, are, well, I suggest, I, I think every entrepreneur is super intelligent. Because to even think that way, you've got to have a different mindset. And, so you know you can go and get an awesome job somewhere else and be protected and, well, okay, everything's comfortable. But we don't want to do that, do we, as entrepreneurs, right? And I, and, and I think having that, that comfort blanket, you're like, right, this is going to be really hard, okay? But I need to start and go and think, okay, I can't be desperate. However hard it is, however much rejection I get, I, you can't be desperate. Uh, you just got to wait it out. Because being desperate, you get the worst deals uh, and you get vultures. And we've been accustomed to that in the very early stages, without naming names. Uh, we have got awesome investors now. Um, so it's about building relationships with people, you de with people before you need them uh, and not being desperate. And to be, not to be desperate is to be prepared. Uh, and to be prepared is raising a lot, uh, a while before you think you're going to need it. And that's what I suggest. You think you're going to raise in six months, start now. Honestly, start now because then you've got more time, you've got more runway to get to, to over that next six months. So your conversations aren't. If I don't get this money in tomorrow, we go, we're, we're going both. Well, you're in a stronger position as well, then, aren't you? Exactly. If you're doing it ahead of your forward planning, you're not exactly. at that position exactly. where it's like, you know. Not at all. Definitely. So we're in a position now where we don't need to raise the next 12 months, yeah. right? Um, and we've got really good. We're doing two and a half million in revenue now as well. So we, technically where we break even in July, uh, and we actually become profitable in August. That's our Independence Day sort of thing, we call it. Um, so we, by then, we don't actually ever have to raise again if we stay at the same level, but obviously I want to go above. So I'm actually starting to raise in probably a month's time, really soon, to make sure that those conversations aren't of desperation, but are of, of clear thought and clarity that do I want this investor on? Because funny enough, the average marriage lasts a lot less than the, uh, than the average investor relationship. <laughs> Uh, I, I didn't realise that. Really? Yeah, yeah, de yeah. De these days as well, unfortunately. Um, but the the point is, how, and how we did it is building those relationships with people uh, before you need them. And what I did with that is actually building in public. Um, so I started sharing all my strategies and, and meetings online, especially on those earlier rounds, mm -hmm. so people could understand what we were without understand without getting to me. And yeah. I didn't know who I needed to get to. So it was building relationships with people that I didn't know by building in public and online. Uh, being prepared and putting Hugo just walk past into the business so I could step out of the business fully um, and, and understanding that I need to raise a lot earlier even if I'm okay mm. to make sure those conversations aren't filled with any desperation at all um, and it's just to keep going make sure you've got all your house in order you know investors it's not it's not a scary thing 
um, it comes across as scary because it's a nuance and yeah. a unique thing and not every day especially a young founder coming out of university I've got to go and ask someone for 200,000 pounds like what um, but it's not a scary thing investors are there to make money okay and make an impact they want to hear you they want to hear your they answers. want to help you don't they it's yeah. in their interest they, they, help, they help you you help them yeah. um, and, and so you just got to be calm and understand that if you've got your house in order it, it, they're very simple questions, especially at the early start. Like, what is your vision of the business? Because they don't buy into it where it is now. If they bought into where it is now, no one would ever raise investment, you know, in terms of early stage, pre-seed, friends and family. It's about the you and the founders and the team around you um, and your vision. So if you can clearly articulate your vision, where you're going, uh, so, and show that, okay, you're going to give me this money. Where is it going to go? And if it goes there, how is that going to progress us forward? to get to a point where I don't need any more money and I can start growing. So when we raised, said, okay, look, we need X amount to build an MVP, to go to our early customers, to see if there's actually demand for this and to begin to get product market fit. It's exactly what we did. We built the initial product, went to some early stage customers and built out a product that had them proof of concept that we then said to, okay, new investors, we've got proof of concept, we've got product market fit, um, we've built an MVP, but now we need another set of investment to go out to market with this. And that's what we did then again. Then the next round is we've gone to market and then uh, growing. So it's about having a plan as well uh, and not being scared because the questions they're going to ask, funnily enough, I think I said this as well, not many times in life you can say you're the expert at something, but you definitely are in what you're building. Like your business, my business, I know better than anyone what I'm doing. So it's most likely not a question that you won't be able to answer. Uh, so it's about just being prepared as well. Is it a bit like a Dragon Stand feeling? Uh, see, like, <laughs> uh, oh, I get my nan, I get, I get my nan and my mum like, go on, you should go on Dragon Stand, go on, go on. Um, and look, there's cameras around here now and stuff, and I can't imagine pitching with cameras. Um, but it, it's massively reality TV, I think, in my mind. And sorry if you've got any Dragon Stand fans. Um, but I, I, it, it is and it isn't. I think um, it's, it's less intense than that. Yeah. Um, it's more a, it's a longer period of time. You might have, you can't go into a first meeting and be like, okay, give me your money. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's really, I was just about to say, it must be relationship building and obviously you get to know each other yeah. more and more over time, don't you? To know often because you're like, I need the money. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to go for a coffee. I don't want to go for a meal. I just give me the money. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. But you've, you've, you've one got... One team, one pitch, one decision. Yeah, you've got to forget about the investment for the first three months yeah. of that relationship building. And then when it comes to it, it's like, okay, right, what are we doing here? You know. So you said, I wanted to talk about something else that you mentioned to me before, um, which I think might be useful to share. Um, because I can imagine, particularly at your um, age as well, and yeah. I don't want to highlight your age no, no, to no, everyone, no, but no. obviously you're a very young founder. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've been very, very well for yourself in a short space of time. You come across Thank very you. credible, knowledgeable. Um, and you talked about building, um, I can't remember now if it was you, you've built this, um, like a founder's network, because in, in our positions as CEOs, founders, it can become a very lonely place um, and you know more so in your position where you've had to go down this route of raising um, funding yeah. and I think often others feel um, the same as well but you built yourself a founders or did you join a, a founders yeah, group so or something? Yeah. So I was actually lucky enough to be um, something called the Institute of Directors uh, so this organisation has been around for years it, it represents all the directors in the area that you yeah, are in. Indeed. Uh, yeah, and I uh, joined as a member um, and then 
one of my goals in the future, to be honest, is to get really into government, uh, parliament, UN, foreign office. I thought this is a great segue into that, just being transparent. But I didn't realise the benefits that came with it in terms of this. Yeah, I know. Um, so I joined this as a member and thought, you know what, I can actually make a difference here and build something. It's great for established entrepreneurs, and I'd call them business people, um, but there was nothing for the younger founder. And one of the things I really want to champion in my life is that young leaders can be powerful leaders. Mm -hmm. um, and there was nothing that resonated with me in the, in the market to do that. Um, so with the help of the Institute of Directors, um, I ended up setting up the Young Directors and Founders Group, which is a group, um, a sub-segment of the IOD for young founders. Uh, and after that, I actually ended up being chairman of the whole Manchester branch, representing not just young, but old and uh, in between, everything in between. Um, uh, unfortunately, how busy we are today, I wasn't able to carry that on, so I, I, I left that role a couple of months ago um, and with it, the Young Directors and Founders Group. However, we have just starting now with a couple of partners creating a founders dinner on a monthly basis um, where you sit around a table and we bring different partners in and talk about your things because trust me, it's, it's an echo chamber. Uh, you know for yourself, you know, me and, me and Ben, my co-founder, uh, we're, we're best mates as well and we have the same friendship group. Um, and, you know, we go and they're talking, some of them are young graduates, so they're like, I've got my first appraisal today. And there was one time where we were in a conversation uh, and it came up that we were appraising one of these guys behind us. They're obviously all doing all right because they're still sat here. Um, we were just saying, just to, uh, talking to ourselves about how that appraisal went earlier. And everyone, it, success is, is relative, you know, uh, and they're, they're, our mates are smashing it. We're so proud of them. Uh, and it's different, different, types of, different types of success and stuff and of the same level, obviously, and it's relative to them. Um, but the conversations are so different that we sometimes feel left out of those conversations yeah. and they massively look at us sometimes like, oh, what? So we, we can't go to your stresses. You know, you might go to the pub and just talk to your mates, oh, I had a busy day today. Um, but no, by no fault of their own, um, because they're not in it, it's really hard to understand the stressor. Yeah. They're like, oh, you're in a company, you're fine. You're like, no, <laughs> it's not fine. Absolutely it's not. so stressful. So having something that eradicates and mitigates that echo chamber is really important. Yeah. Um, you can speak to like-minded individuals. And the first dinner, actually, and, and is going to be in a couple of months. Uh, I'd love to have you guys there as well. Yeah, fantastic. I'd love, love that. Sounds really interesting. And, and I think that's the thing, like I said before, like it's, it can often feel like a bit of a lonely place. And it's, mm. it's you know, it, you you can all bounce off each other, use each other as a sounding board, get advice sure. from others as well. So um, I can imagine that that was a good support network for you as well, having gone Definitely. through these the, the few early funding rounds. Um, and I think that actually, I was going to ask this question at the end, but I'm going to bring it forward because we've just touched a bit on um, kind of like stress and managing um, your time, etc. Um, you mentioned you mentioned this before at the. Um, the event that you spoke at a few yeah. weeks ago about burnout, um, you know, obviously in our positions, like it can be something that's particularly challenging to manage and deal with the whole stress of it. And you were just talking then about, you know, one guy saying, oh, well, it's yours, it's your business. It must be, must be easy, it must be all right for you sort yeah. of thing. And it's quite the opposite, isn't it? And then yeah. on top of that, you've got clients in the States and are working the, you know, in the States. It's, have, have you experienced burnout? And if you have, how have you managed it? And what do you do to look after yourself and your own yeah. mental health? It's, a, it's an awesome point uh, and, and question because um, I think silent burnout is the biggest burnout. 
it's when it's not the big blaring, collapsing, burnout on the floor. That's not actually what will happen most of the time. You just slowly become less and less productive, become more stressed in other parts of your life. You can business can still be doing that, and it's always done this for us. And we're very lucky that our growth trajectory has been so steep for a, a long period of time. So that's never changed, but the way I see it has definitely changed. Um, going like that isn't always uh, awesome. You know, the, the stresses that we have is, is, is are really, really hard to take. And the burnout we have is silent. And what I mean by that is you won't notice them as the physical things, but often it's, a lot of it's mental. I've definitely had burnout many times. Um, and I think how I've dealt with it is, as some, as some people say I could deal with it a lot better still, is the, the, the crux of prioritisation. It's super, it's super, super important that you prioritise things. Not everything has to be done today. You know, you don't have to say yes to every meeting. If I get my diary up right now, I think, you know, after we were filming this and stuff, I think I'm back to back until about 8pm. And then my US, I think you mentioned, so we're based in, we're launching New York and Nebraska of all places. So my US day starts at 10pm then again. Um, so how much sleep do you get? Oh, uh, well, the minute this is, I'm not condoning this at all. It's really unsustainable. My day is about eight till one a.m. at the moment, um, just because it's we've just launched in the U.S. We've just launched year two in the U.K. So don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm there's not this superhero. I burn out on a regular basis, but now I burn out a lot less, and the impact of burnout's a lot less because uh, I've got the idea of prioritization in my mind that you know I don't have to get everything done right now. The whole point of you being a business leader is that you are in charge of your business. So be, be, be nice to yourself. You know, set high, set high standards, high targets, and things need to be moving quick, but they don't have to be done yesterday all the time. And that's not saying to slow down. That's saying to, if anything, speed up sustainably. Uh, and, it's, and, and so, you know, prioritising, making sure that not everything has to be done right now. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and also putting your diary exercise. Fitness is a big thing for me. Um, it's a massive thing for me. I have, we met my PT downstairs this morning. Um, you know, it's really important. And I'm not going to lie, that's at 8 or 9 in the morning. That time, I, I'm really, really, really trying to claw back to get my admin out of the way before the rest of the team comes to the office. But I know it's so important that I don't move that time. That time is for me. If I get an investor call me, no, that, anything. It's not, it's not as important to you because if you don't have that time, you do, because you do, because, and I'll be getting calls, my PT be like, Harry, what are you doing? I'm like, sorry, 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 you need to stop. I think these guys will tell you, I did a team meeting in the gym the other day, didn't I? I was in between reps. Oh, I'm terrible meeting. when I go to the gym. I'm literally, I'm working, I'm always working at the exactly. gym, and, I, and uh, yeah, I need to wait. You stop. need to not move it around at all. Keep yeah. it where it is there, keep it in place. I think what's um, a bit, a really good bit of advice I had on burnout was, and, and often um, as a CEO and founder, I was, uh, you know, just, I, I basically, every single day I'd get up and um, get so anxious thinking, uh, you know, someone's going to die if I don't get to work for a specific time or get on, get on a client call or, you know, I've got to, got to do everything, get everything done that day. And someone said to me, just remember, you're not running an emergency services. And I was yeah. just like, yeah, you're right. If you don't get it done that day, it'll still be there the next day. Yeah. And you can still, you know, as long as you prioritise and you get the things that you absolutely need to get done yeah. that day. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because what I realised is you cause your own stress. You do, yeah. Because you're like, I've got to get this done, this done, this done. Um, and I was uh, <laughs> a week before, so I'm in, I'm in, I'm in New York every, every month, every six weeks now. Mm -hmm. um, 
And so I was in New York three weeks ago um, with our team and some of our new investors and stuff. But then after that, me and Ben, same, we've got the same friendship groups, went on holiday for the first time uh, in a long time um, together with all our mates. That's Is both the founders. Not at all. I'll be honest, not at all. We went to Portugal and had a great time. Um, it wasn't a work holiday at all. And that's the point, is that I still took my laptop just in case. I was still on call. Um, at the time, I'm like on the flight from New York. I landed on Sunday at 7am and at 2pm and then flew to Portugal and met the lads. Now, on that flight, I was like, right, I've been out of the business because I've been in the US team all week. And now I'm going to be out of business again for a week. I've got seven hours on this plane to get caught up. And I was thinking, actually, you know what? I need to sleep on this plane because I am absolutely exhausted from New York. And I was thinking, well, hang on a minute. I've got all this on. But no, I've only got all that on because I have the one that set the targets. Yeah. I've set the speed of the business. And I kind of sat back and said, look, it's going to be all right for a week. And the team are awesome. And it was OK. It was fine. I relaxed and I came back way more rejuvenated, motivated, ready to go because I missed it. I wanted to get back into it. Yeah. But going back to something I said earlier on is that it's so important you bring the right people around you. Um, you know, not burning out, prioritising, you know, obviously the fitness or, or anything that helps you to relax. But the, going back to that is you need to make sure that you have the right people around you so that I can go to New York, I can go on holiday, I can relax. Like, so people is everything. Like, maybe so I employed uh, Yuga, my head of ops, yeah. that I don't have to worry about the micro detail of the business on a day-to-day. So I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not racing in the morning on my commute being like, oh, this, 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 here. You guys doing that. <laughs> no, so so, you, so I, I can start thinking about the macro picture because if I'm thinking about the macro picture and the wider image of the business as much as I possibly can, the, more, the team on a day-to-day will be more organised mm. because they've got a clear they roadmap. They better side of you as well, don't they? Sometimes. They they, they, I don't know what they'll say about that, sometimes. <laughs> um, but my point is, if I can plan ahead, then if I can kind of go and scout in the field sort of thing beforehand, I can make them a path to go down so that yeah. their, day, their day-to-day is, is not all over the place. That isn't a straight line. Let me be all over the place trying to plan to the vision so that I can bring that path for them and you go can hold the hand on that path. That's kind of how I say it. Um, and yeah, don't get me wrong, I've definitely burnt out. I am always stressed, but I do prioritise fitness and do prioritise my own time. Um, and, and yeah, it's a, and stress isn't always necessarily a bad thing, is it? It's you know, it can be good stress, and then it's how you manage that stress. You become a, you become a yeah, like, ner- you're nervous. Like when you feel nerves, that's your body. It's, your body's an awesome thing. Like to be fair, I'm still very cold. <laughs> um, but your body's an awesome thing. Nerves are your body preparing yourself for something that's about to happen. Yeah. It's your body getting you ready. You feel like alert. You become hyper alert. You become awake. When have you ever been tired and nervous? You know, you oof, I'm ready. No, I feel like I've, I've got nerves, butterflies. Mm-hmm. Are you about to go and speak? You're ready. Um, and, and that's that type of stress, uh, you know, that sort of stress sometimes gets you. You need it. You need that stress to get going. Um, and, and also, it's not real stress, you think about it. Stress is you can't eat. You don't know where your next meal is coming from. And it, it goes back to what you said earlier. You formulate your own stress, don't you? Yeah. And stuff. Fab, um, so, so last question then. Um, you've obviously, you've achieved an immense, like, it's a huge achievement in such a short space of time. You've obviously scaled and you are scaling, you're still, you know, still on that journey. Um, But I'm sure everything that you've done, it's the first time you've done it. You've not done it before. You've not, you know, you haven't got those 
um, stripes and badges, um, particularly from a leadership point of view, which, 100%. I mean, I'm I'm 20 odd years in and I still feel like I'm st continuously learning. And yeah. um, I mean, yeah. that sort of thing doesn't come naturally to me, but it, I can already feel from you and get a feel from you that it, it, you know, it does for you, but I'm sure you've experienced some challenges along the way. So it'd be really interesting to just end on really, you know, um, and share with the listeners what challenges you've experienced, how you've got to the point where you 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 know you've scaled up and obviously you're going to continue to scale and how you're going yeah. to you know what I guess what you've learned from some of those challenges your learnings definitely. and what you're going to change and do differently moving forward definitely and I think don't get me wrong I got asked to speak at the last at the founder fuck ups event because I fucked up a lot <laughs> in a short space of time um, no I think look where we're at at the minute just to give you a picture so you can see kind of our journey and and understand the challenges that we've had. We, we started, as I said, in dorm room in university yeah. uh, four years ago. Um, uh, now, we, you know, we're at you know, 40 plus thousand properties. We'll hit about 30,000 users soon. Um, and we're global. We're now in the US and in two cities here. Um, you know, healthy revenues, uh, you know, we're doing really well. But to get to this point, a lot of people looking outside in like, oh, you've just, you do two and a half million a year, brilliant. No, 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 you don't know the struggles that have happened. I think the first thing of, of scaling is um, we, look, we've gone from two to 26 people. Um, uh, that's a mixture, honestly, of full-time and part-time, but it was just me and Ben. And at the start, I think there's this kind of like superhero complex, just like, I can do anything. I, I've got my own company now, we can do this. You have quick, a very quick realisation that you can't do it on your own. You know, you need the right people around you. Um, so one of my biggest things for me was, what are my weaknesses? Um, and you've kind of got to swallow your pride, in, really. You've got to put your pride in the, in the bin. If there's any ego there, get rid of it. For, not, not totally. I think you need to have a level of, of self-belief and stuff, obviously, yeah. definitely 100%. But anything in your mind you think you can do it on your own, you can't. I'm telling you right now, you can't, you know? Um, you really can't. Understand what your weaknesses are. I quickly realised that I needed to bring on a finance guy. That, look, my background actually is economics and finance. Uh, but not on the level that we're talking right now. You know, I did economics at University of Manchester. I can't run the, the size of a company we are now financially. Um, so understanding your weaknesses. Um, as soon as you understand the weaknesses you have and whatever team or you have at that point, you'll understand who you need to bring on. Yeah. Because the underlying factor and my, my biggest point to this is, okay, the journey, the challenges we faced um, and what we need to do is hiring and bringing on the right people. And if you understand where your weaknesses lie, you can understand what gaps need to be filled. And that's what I did. So on that note, me and Ben tried to create a spider web of, of industry insights, skill, expertise, knowledge, experience around me and Ben um, to make sure that we have firefighters to put out any fires that we have. You know, how can one firefighter put out a fire across two different countries? You can't. So finance, CFO, legal, my chairman, uh, you know, investment, sales, Harry, tech, my CTO, Ben. Every problem, there's someone to go to, to lean on. And you need that net support network around you. Um, so that's what we did. So to scale to where we've got to, I understood my weaknesses, realised I couldn't do it on my own, and brought the right people in around me in terms of mentors, board advisors, or just friends who know what they're doing, who have been there and walked the path we're trying to walk. Um, the biggest challenge of finding those people, and that lends me on to my next point of scaling to this point to now, not talking about the future, but just to get into where we've got to, is people is a hard thing. It's the most important thing in your journey, and always will be, and it's the hardest thing. Your business, isn't it? Yeah, and it's the heart and the hardest. 
It's the hardest to hire, the hardest to fire, the hardest to grow, and the hardest to get right. Um, and I've done all those things and opposite, <laughs> right? Um, and, and you've got to, you can, in my opinion, this is just my take, it might be different for other people. There's some roles where you need uh, immense qualifications and very specific set of skills to achieve success in that role for the business. So, you know, let's just take uh, the camera here, photographer doing, uh, or videographer doing this event. They need to be well-versed in that skill to come and do this. But like, head of ops, you won't want me telling you now, he's never done operations roles in his life. He's done sales roles, marketing roles, finance roles, but never operations. But I spent 10 minutes with Hugo and I realized his attitude and his drive and determination was through the roof. Um, and my, my idea is that you've got to have a standard of skill to get the job you need to get to, and you've got to search for that skill. But it's everything else below the iceberg that's the most important thing, the attitude, the drive, the determination. Everybody that works for me will go on, I'm telling you now, will go on and start their own company after Hauser. Uh, and I encourage that, and that's what I looked for. I want that ambition, I want that drive, and I hired him in 10 minutes. I hired him in 10 minutes, and he's, he's changed the way Hauser works, definitely, because I hired an attitude. If I went out to get an head of operations right now in a business turnover two and a half million a year, it's going to cost me like £100,000 and some, to try and poach someone from a massive company. That attitude's one of the hardest, most difficult things to find, you isn't it? Learn. You can't teach attitudes. Yeah. You can't teach attitudes. So, so, you know, the biggest thing of how we got to now is all about people, understand your weaknesses. And the hardest thing along that journey in getting that right is finding the right people. I've hired or fired just as quickly. Uh, and you've got to understand and accept you're going to do that. It's going to happen. Um, so people's a big thing. Um, but then again, how do you afford that, pe that person, those people? So funding, getting to now, I've had to go through a massive amounts of rejection, thousands of pitches. You know, I, I, I've got the exact same pitch now because, and I can reel it off because, yeah, it's, it, I've done it thousands of times. Um, and it's like, oh, I've got a pitch again, right, bam, because you've got to be full energy all the time. You, if you've got five meetings during a day, you can't have the fifth one at 20%. So um, to, 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 get all those, to get that right person, yeah, you've got to go through the challenges of finding them. And on the first of all, you want to sort your weaknesses to scale to this point, to bring the right people around you. Let's say you've identified the right person, you've got to go get funding. That's the biggest thing. And I've managed to get some funding, we've managed to get funding obviously to date now. Um, so I think the biggest challenges I've faced are people and funding. Personally, it's organisation. You mentioned earlier, you've got so much going on. So much going on. It's super, super important to set yourself every morning. Every morning I have a task list and it's old fashioned. All our company tasks are on Asana. You probably, those people use that. But I have pen and paper, uh, a Moleskine notepad. I love them, they're awesome. But this is like a shout out to Moleskine now, isn't it? Um, I love Moleskine notepads. Write down what, my, what are my urgent tasks? I think you mentioned on my, I love a whiteboard as well. I've got whiteboards everywhere. Just write down there and then have it in front of you. So you know that no matter what, whatever meetings you have, those things have got to be done today. Uh, and that allows you to be organized because if you're not, the team will not be organised, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and I think that's how we've got to today. The right people looking, the right supported investment, being really organised and having a clear plan of to get to now. You know, a, 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 a sail on a ship is no good if it doesn't know where it's going. Mm -hmm. You could have the most expensive yacht and the, the most effective and efficient sail on that boat, but if you don't know a direction, then it's going to be useless. So having that directional thought and that vision and... and and letting that trickle down to your business whilst being super organised through setting yourself every day is really important. Um, and then from now to here, 
I, I don't know how the hell I'm going to scale because it, it, it's, it's, it's everything you said. Like you said, it's, it's so new. The learning curve is so steep, it's backwards, where we're now, you know, hopefully bring on our first client worth an awful lot, um, which is awesome, in the US over the next three months, which will be the, we're working with the universities. We're now working with the New York state government to help tackle affordable housing. Um, we've just launched in two cities in the, in the UK and we'll be in six more in 12 months. Um, and our goal, our mission, I always say this is, look, you, after we've done filming here, you'll walk out of here and in three clicks order an Uber. Be wherever you want to be in the country. Mm -hmm. Why can't you move into a new city and in three clicks rent a home? And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to build the future of rental. So, yeah, the curve is like that to get there. But I think... You know, it's, it's, we're not, not trying to reinvent the wheel. It's not, I'm not building rocket ships. It's doing the exact same thing as what I did before, Bring, bringing on new people that are right for that stage of the business, the right level of funding, and having a plan. Our plan is to get to break even, which we're luckily get, getting to in July, which is awesome. The next point after that is to uh, loss lead to achieve market share. Once we've got market share, we can really have a lot of alliance around the way we do things in our model. Then we'll be able to grow sustainably at that point. So I know what my next 24 months looks like by each quarter, and I know every objective of that quarter. Don't get me wrong, it might change, <laughs> uh, but I have a plan now, and that plan allows me to reverse engineer my requirements today. So to scale from where I am today to there, to, to here, you know, I, I, I have some sort of idea where this is in the next 24 months, and I can work backwards to see what I need to do tomorrow. Uh, so having a clear plan and a direction and using the same things that have worked before is how I'm probably going to do it, I think. And uh, it's, it's going to be really hard, but we'll see what happens. And I look forward to seeing you grow. Honestly, I look forward to seeing you on that journey. Um, well, thank you very much um, for your time today. Thanks very much for having us. Um, I think I know Dan's uh, probably still a bit cold over there, so yeah, I really appreciate <laughs> And I really appreciate the breath work as well, actually, because I've never done that before, and yeah, I've, been, I've cool. been wanting to try it. Um, and uh, I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to book something like that for our guys. Just doing, e doing, doing extra stuff. You don't want to be a normal company. Yeah, 100%, yeah. absolutely. Um, well, thanks for everyone for watching and listening. Um, anyone who um, is interested in hearing more um, about Harry's journey um, or interested in, in supporting from a funding point of view, um, please feel free to reach out to Harry's LinkedIn's probably the best. Yeah, you're now in the next round. Uh, well, now, to be honest with you. So we're raising seven million pounds um, starting in four weeks. We've got 25% of it done uh, and it'll be live in the next month. So let me know. Brilliant. So watch this space, everyone. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thank you.